Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. The boys are back. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. And so are we, back from Big Ten Weekend. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, coming at you with episode number 56. A podcast by fans, for the fans. I'm Brando, and joining me as always, my main homeboy, Ben Watson. What's up, Ben? Don't wind up on your back, bro. Woo! How you doing, man? Oh, baby. I tell you what. I'm geeked. I'm pumped up. Them Buckeyes won that Big Ten title, boys. Ooh, they did, they did, they did. And you know what's so nice about it? What's that? Where are them Penn State fans at now? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, no, they're chirping. They're saying, well, they ain't won nothing. They won the Big Ten, but we got, we got, we're going we're gonna to win a couple weeks now. Man, they were in the street bullying us after that duel. I had to go get therapy. Oh, therapy. man. But where are they at now? Uh, I don't hear nothing. They're hiding out on the internet. Talking about how... Um, you know, Nathan Thompson will never beat Spencer Lee again. Talking about how um, Kerb Sheed's going to become more next time they wrestle. Talking about how, if, well, if Jason Knopf was healthy. Well, if Jason Knopf was healthy and, because he's not. Yeah, and you know what? I think I saw a statistic out there that said even if he would have wrestled and pinned his way through the tournament, we still would have won by three points. That's right. Booyah! And by we, we mean we because you're damn right we're on that team. <laughs> I'm just kidding, everybody. No, man, um, to, to get off our homerism for a little bit, it was one heck of a weekend. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. Yeah. All right. But before we get into all that good stuff, what is sure to be a very fun episode today, let's go ahead and get through a couple of housekeeping items. First, if you got any feedback for us or just want to bullshit about wrestling, you can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one You can even find our Facebook page out there, The Inside Trip. You can even send us an email to TheInsideTrip1 at gmail.com. Please do so. We love bullshitting about wrestling. As for the podcast itself, find us at any number of podcast locations, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and our new favorite, the Podbean. Oh, Podbean. Also, before we get going, we got a few things that we need to pimp. First, let's talk about Jason Bryant's Matt Talk Online Fan Guide, which is, in my opinion, the number one resource a fan needs to follow along with the national championships with over 200 pages that will give you complete bios on each wrestler, prediction, stats, and all other kinds of good stuff. Let me tell you about that fan guide real quick. It's amazing. That fan guide will make you more accurate than I am on this podcast because most of the time I just bullshit. That's all you... (laughs) Well, that's all you need to know then. <laughs> anyway. Cole Martin made the one Midlands. <laughs> anyway, this fan guide retails for nineteen ninety nine, but you can go to matttalkonline.com backslash fanguide18 and use promo code InsideTrip, all one word, to get a $5 discount and help support our podcast. So go out there, order that up, and you will love it, I promise. Also, don't forget, 
The national championships in Cleveland are less than two weeks away. And on Friday, March 16th, in between sessions from 4 to 6 p.m., we're going to be doing a little live podcast featuring us, the Inside Trip, Lions 247 Matcast, which, in case you haven't figured out, is a Penn, K- is Penn State podcast. Boo. Boo. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to boo with you. All right. <laughs> and also featuring Blood Round Wrestling, some of our buddies up north from the state of Michigan. We will be at second and high Social House. Social House. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Downtown. Located at 2123 East 2nd Street in downtown Cleveland. It's going to be a great time featuring three passionate, fun-loving podcasts. All excited to break down the action up to the semis. Talk a little shit. Have some fun. Get some audience participation. Maybe a few free giveaways. We'll probably be tossing a couple of t-shirts into the audience. Yeah. And if you wear one of them t-shirts while you're at the Social House during 4 to 6... Offer still stands. Free bar tab on me for an hour while drinks and cheap beer. There you go. Um, we've also been promised there's going to be drink specials, which I believe will be five bottled domestic buckets for $15, $4 shots, $4 blue moons, which I'm telling you right now is actually not a bad deal because downtown Cleveland is a little pricey. That's right. All right. Now, I just got to tell you, it's come to our attention that within the, la- within the last couple of weeks, Second and High has rebranded, okay, and went from a social house to a poke house? Poke house. Poke house. Um, and cocktail bar. It's just a bar. It's just a bar is what it is. We're going to be drinking beer. They're going to have good food, apparently. Beers. It's going to get a little rowdy in a good way. Not like, like trust me, it's, it's kid-friendly. We'll keep it kid-friendly. It's like a Hawaiian-themed food place, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just going to be a good time. You can bring your friends. You can bring your family. We're going to get rowdy, but at the same time, you know, um, it's, it's going to be safe for everybody to come out and have, uh, have some fun, so... Yeah, absolutely. No matter how hard they're trying to class this joint up, we will still be there, and they will still have PBR. I know that for sure because they got photos on their website. So come on out, enjoy some cocktails, and talk some wrestling with us. That's right. Looking forward to it, man. All right. Lastly, we still have some shirts left. However, all we have are gray larges. So if you're interested in grabbing one, hit us up via email to theinsidetrip1 at gmail.com or via direct message on Twitter. Or through our Facebook page. Shirts are $25. That includes shipping. We can probably even throw you one out at in Cleveland if you're there. Yeah, if right. you wear that, I guarantee you'll get your $25 worth of alcohol from Ben for one hour at the live podcast. <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. I'm going to have to cut that bar off. All right, Ben. You ready to flick that pod bean and pleasure some ear holes? Oh, baby. I'm pumped. I am pumped. And I'm more pumped just, I mean, just in general. Look, dude. I got the NCAA tickets in the mail yesterday. Like, this is just the time of year, right? It's wrestling. It's Christmas. It's wrestling Christmas. You know, unfortunately, I'm a little sad that you're not going to be sitting with us this year because you're going to be doing some work in press row for the podcast, which I appreciate. You know, me bringing in a a buddy who's never gone before, so I decided to forego that. And, you know, I'm going to be sitting in the stands with the fans, partying it up. But, you know, got the tickets yesterday, and I'm just geeked up about it, man. You open those things up, and they just look glorious. I'm pumped. Oh, and you know what? I still have a set of tickets right now. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I don't True. know what to do. True. I got options. You could party with us and at Press Row. Woo. So, but, you know, so, you know, get pumped up about that. But, you know, it's not without saying we had one heck of a tournament that we were at this weekend. Oh, man. Look, as we already alluded to, we are back from the Big Ten Championships where Ben and I traveled to the state up north to literally infiltrate enemy territory. Like, literally, we sat in the Michigan section. Yeah, we sat We sat right next to uh, Shirella's dad. 
We uh, Mark Jarrell Mark, three time yeah, NCAA champ. I called him his dad, but yeah, Jarrell, Mark Jarrell. Um, so you know what? Before we get into all the uh, the details about this tournament this weekend, let's give us uh, some quick shout outs real quick. First of all, first and foremost, shout out to Blood Round Wrestling, Kevin Clanch. Tommy Baranowski for being fantastic host to us this weekend and great sports as they held up to their end of the bet that we've been talking about for a while and wore Ohio State singlets <laughs> while sitting in the Michigan section, like literally right next to Mark Chirella, three-time champ. Wearing Ohio State singlets. Um, and one of those singlets said on the back of it, Tom Ryan is my man crush. This is glorious. Dude, that is so funny. The, the, the best part about them wearing it, and I knew it was going to happen at some point, was that Michigan and Ohio State matched up a couple times in the semifinals, which is when they won the um, uh, the session that they wore the singlets. And I knew at one point they were going to be cheering for a Michigan wrestler while wearing the Ohio State singlets. And when a mean pinned Bo Jordan, they both stood up. There's pictures of it on our Twitter. Please go check them out because they're hilarious. They stood up. There's a picture of Clonch flexing. By the way, he's got some nice biceps. And Tommy going nuts too. And they're cheering with the rest of the Michigan fans, but they're wearing Ohio State singlets. It's so awesome. Classic. It's so awesome. And that picture – that had to have been like a screenshot from like from like a TV, right? Do you think? I don't know what it was from. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was awesome though, absolutely awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> um, also, big shout out to our boy JP Pearson, big time Penn State fan, but we don't hold it against him. Um, who made the trip out there as well um, and joined our little crew for the weekend. Had a great time hanging out with him. You know, the guy is passionate about wrestling, passionate about Penn State. Um, Great time hanging out with him. Looking forward to hanging out with him some more in Cleveland. He's sitting with us in Cleveland. He is. That's so random. We got these enemy territory boys just hanging out together. But, you know, that's the difference, I think, between wrestling and other sports, dude. And and, and if you don't think that's the case, then I probably don't want to hang out with you. Like, if you really don't want to hang out with me because I'm an Ohio State fan, because we sat in the Michigan section this weekend. We could have gone and sat in the Ohio State section. And at times I was like, man, like when Colin Moore sealed it, I was like, I wish we were over there. But you know what? We had a hell of a time, and when we cheered, we did it respectfully, and nobody had a problem with it. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's pretty true. I mean, I held back a little. I, had, I felt like I had to hold back a little bit. We, no, we did hold back. Out of respect for the Michigan people We did it respectfully, us, yes. but they, nobody was mad that we stood up and cheered for our guys. No, I mean, like I, I wanted to pull down my pants and moon the guys behind us that acted like he wanted to hit me in the head with his cane. I like that guy. I like that guy. He was funny. I wish he would have hit you in the head with his cane. I hate you. Um, we got to shout anybody else out? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Edward Hebb. We saw oh, Eddie Head. Good old Eddie. Saw him at the at the Big Tens wearing a inside trip t shirt, looking good in it too, looking big buff. Dude, he's jacked, man. Eddie Head though, you know I think what? It was the shirt. No, it was the shirt. It was the shirt. That's what it does. You know what, Eddie Head though? You wore it a little too soon. A little premature because if you were wearing it at second high, you'd be drinking for free, my friend. <laughs> I think he's gonna be up there, so hopefully we'll see him. Oh, okay. Um and last, big shout out, look, our fantasy wrestling league regular season has ended. All right, and what was probably the tightest race for regular season we've ever had. It was. And it's six or seven years. Um, came down to three teams. Big shout out for Adam Price. Four points. Four points taking home the regular season title. I'm so happy that you didn't win. Oh, I was you were second, four, right? Four, yeah, it was 902 to 898. And look, you have to realize it's not because I don't like you, but it's because I can't have you win three years in a row. I'm going to win that NCAA. Because no, then nobody's going to come back. Well, you keep coming back. I know. I'm a glutton for punishment. Earl Smith almost snuck in there. 897. In fact, I even ha- when I did the final scoring, um, I messed up, and I accidentally scored that Zavatsky beat Renda in the ACC finals, which would have gave him 903 to 902 as the winner. That's he what I had. Won it. And then 
you know, I was confirming with our boy Steve, who kind of helps keep track of some of the scoring right. as well, just for uh, integrity purposes. And uh, come to find out, he was like, no, uh, Renda beat, beat Zavatsky, oh. which put Earl in third. Oh. First place gets 100 bucks. Second place got 50, and Earl got a pat on the back. We didn't bet on any college sports. What? We didn't bet money on college sports. I can bet money and on I'm college sticking, sports. And I'm sticking to it. It's not against the law for me. Yeah. Am I going to lose my eligibility? Uh, no. All right. All right, so let's get into this tournament, Ben. Gambling is illegal. <laughs> uh, we, we did this in Vegas. That's right. There we yeah, go. There we go. Um, all right, let's get into this tournament. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. As Buckeye fans, I mean, I don't think you could have asked for a better tournament. They, which is great. And that worries me. But also scary, you know, on the other hand. Um, Tom because Ryan's, they needed everything. They needed they everything, but they they wrestled two or above what they needed to do at every weight class, but one. And then and that was Bo Jordan who took third instead. And it still was nail biter to the end to win it. Yeah, kind of, kind of a nail, kind biter. of a nail biter. But I mean, that's, but that's what, what Nolf pulled out, right? Nolf still scored Penn State eleven points. I know, I understand that, but what I'm saying is that it, it concerns me that we had to have everything go right. Look, if you ask me right now, Ben, and we've talked about this before, and you know. I apologize, Ohio State. Um, if I was a betting man, I would still think Penn State's the favorites. They are Cleveland, the favorites. You know, any Penn State fan that says they're not the favorites is, is they, they want to just be the underdogs. You're not the underdogs, guys. We're the underdogs. Stop trying to take that from us. <laughs> um, but listen, also look, thinking positively though, Buckeyes, Buckeye fans, what an amazing tournament! A lot to be excited about. Them dudes, some of them guys looked really, really good. Some of those guys improved in some matches that they didn't look so good in right. previously. Um, I think Tom Ryan does a fantastic job of getting this team to peak. Tom Ryan and company, that is. And, um, you know, while, yes, it's worrisome that maybe we blew our wad at Big Tens, Whoa. it's also good. You know, <laughs> on the other hand, it just to me, maybe we're just peaking, peaking at, the at the right, right time. time. Yeah, and don't turn this off if you guys are Ohio State fans because I promise we're going to be talking about a lot more than just Ohio State. Um, but <laughs> with that said... 125. Oh, man. I'm t- before, <laughs> I could watch Spencer Lee and Nathan Tomasello battle it out day in and day out all day. If I could only watch two guys wrestle, give me Nathan Tomasello and Spencer Lee right now. They're great. Their hand fighting is so excellent. It's amazing. Spencer Lee, listen to, what, listen to how good Spencer Lee is. He's a true freshman coming off. A, it's only been about a year since his ACL tore, tear, not surgery. or You're probably about there. And he is battling a fifth-year senior who's already a national champion to the point where it is just – it is a dead heat. Spencer Lee, if he would have registered this year – well, you know, you got some other guys like Dayton Fix and stuff coming in next year. And who knows? Who knows what's going to happen, right? You know, I think Spencer Lee – if he, he's got a great shot to win it this year. But that's – I guess that's what I'm saying is that's how good he is, is that he's – as a true freshman, he is battling – he's making Nathan Tomasello work for any and every point he scores – as a fifth-year senior. You know, um, the final score of that finals match was 2-1. to one, okay? Right. And of the semi-match, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, of the semi-match was 2-1. to one. And Nathan Tomasello earned that takedown that he got to win that match. But what scares me as a Tomasello fan is that Spencer Lee showed some really nice go-to attacks of his own. He didn't finish them, right. but he got in on them legs real good a few times, 
And the other thing that scares me is Tomasello won two to one, and that's without Spencer Lee getting to his most advantageous position on top. Right. Well, and that's the next question is if they wrestle again, does Spencer Lee take top on Tomasello? I think you have to. I honestly thought when I was we were watching the match, I honestly thought he was telling his coaches, I want to go top. Yeah. Well, because he, 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 he deferred. He deferred. Yeah. He could have rode out for the win. Um, no, yeah, it was no, it was his choice in the third because NATO cut him right away in the third to get to get automatic two, you know, to get two minutes. So NATO set neutral in the second, Lee. Right, but I thought in the second instead of deferring, he was telling oh, the coaches to go top, top gotcha. and instead he deferred. Gotcha. Yeah, he did get on a, on a couple of those legs. You know, look, the takedown battles two to zero in both of them in, in the matches they've wrestled, one in each match um, for Tomasello. It you know it worked That's out. For, it worked out for him this time. Good didn't point. work out from last time. NATO's not a NATO's not an elite scrambler, but he did enough to be able to um, to outscramble Spencer Lee in a couple of those positions real quickly to be able to get him. And you know he finishes clean. Remember, NATO was also in on a shot that where they went out of bounds, where NATO was kind of was pretty close. Kind of in those splits, defending yep. this kind of a single. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, so you know, he's still got a favor NATO on his on, on his feet. Um, but I tell you what, if you think it's anything more than just a toss up. You're wrong. You're wrong. It is a toss-up. I agree with you completely. How about oh, – go ahead. You know, let's talk about Ethan Lezak for a second. Oh, that's what right? I wanted to talk about. Lost in all the, you know, hype all year long around Spencer Lee, Nathan Tomasello, Suriano, obviously Darian Cruz, is Ethan Lezak, who was only a national runner-up last year. And, and he took his lumps this year. You know, he's got some losses on the season. But one thing that he showed this se- this tournament is – how dangerous he can be, especially if he gets the first takedown in the match or a takedown in the first period. Yeah, he, he can be really dangerous, but the problem is he still has issues with his gas tank. It, it's, a, it's a weight-cutting issue. It clearly is. He's, he's, he's a good five inches taller than Nathan Tomasello, and you, know, you could tell he was a little puffy in the finals. And puffy in the, like, you, know, you could tell he was a little more hydrated. Even then, he gassed. I think that's going to be a problem for him at the NCAA tournament because you know, he beats Johnny Jimenez 3-1 to one first round. Johnny Jimenez is 5-14 and 14 on the year, boys and girls. He slides by Rivera in probably his best match of the day because he actually, you know. He got that takedown in the first yep. period, which kind of set the tone for that and match. He, and he was able to hang on. He, right. His gas tank didn't kill him. You know, in the finals, he, uh, he got that takedown in the turn on Tomasello. You know, it was 5-2 to two, um, going into the second period. And we're thinking, uh-oh, you know, if Lezak gets on top again because he chose top. Mm-hmm. Like he he might be able to pull a Piccinini style thing when he was down like nine zero and comes back and wins by right. turning the crap out of him. Nato's pretty solid on bottom. Got out and when he got out, he just Lizak had nothing left. You know he he just completely gassed out. He was getting taken down and he was getting taken down in the short out front head position, which is his hustle. That Snyder tweeted, but also true. Nato just out hustled him. Yeah, I mean. This weight class is going to be amazing to watch in Cleveland. I mean, if you're asking me, I think it's between four guys, really, and I'm sure you would probably agree as well. In any in any particular order, Tomasello, Spencer Lee, Darren Cruz, and Suriano. Um, but Ethan Lezak just shows how dangerous he can be, especially if he catches you when you're sleeping and he's on top of you. He can rack up points quickly. He can, and he, even to a fall position. Exactly. You know, another guy that I was interested to see where he was at, and actually I don't, I, I'll say I don't think he had a great tournament, was um, – was Rivera from uh, Northwestern. You know, he goes out and in the quarters, uh, Sebastian Rivera, he's the four seed. He goes out and he loses to the five seed, Lezak, three to two. Then he, uh, you know, he drops down and uh, gets his win over Oliver. But then Lee, I think it was a seven to four match previously, the last time they wrestled. Lee goes out there and just puts a pounding on him, 12-0. Yeah, this is where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, okay? 
aside from maybe the Lezak match, he didn't lose a match that he wasn't supposed to. But 12 major? It's Spencer Lee, bro. I mean, we're just talking about how great Spencer Lee is, and he got on top of him, and he turned him. Yeah, but that, that, look, it was 7-4 to four last time they wrestled. I'm just saying I don't think he had his best tournament. All right. he, he lost to a guy that he shouldn't have, or he lost to a guy that he was seated not to lose to, and then he got hammered by another guy. Understand, uh, understood, but when you look a little bit farther, he lost to a guy 3-2 to two who was a returning national runner-up. Talking about the four and the five, and then he gets hammered by Spencer Lee. All right, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, I didn't think he had that bad of a tournament, personally. Um, I would have liked to have seen what would have happened had he. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, look, if he would have beaten Lee Zach, he would have been in the finals because Seriano Medical forfeited in the semis. That's right. And talk to me about that. What's going on with that, dude? I Seriano have... goes out, he gets a bye, and then he beats Piotrowski nine to two. Piotrowski is a formidable opponent, but you know, not sniffing the. Would be, I'd be surprised if he sniffed the podium this year just based on the depth of 125. Um, Serrano beats him 9-2, to two and then medical forfeits. Was, it, I mean, was that the plan all along? Because if it was, then why even wrestle? Or did he re-injure something? Or why the hell is everybody medical forfeiting? Dude, there were so many medical forfeits this weekend. And I'm based on what we've seen you know, around the internet and from you know, talking to other people, it was like that in, in a lot of tournaments. I don't know what's going on with it. I, I really don't. You know, there was everybody was specu- speculating about what was wrong with with Suriano, um, but we saw him come out with a pretty big, pretty big knee wrap this weekend. First time we've he seen that on. on his knee. I don't think he ever wore knee, knee braces or knee pads. I didn't think so either. So I have no clue. Um, all I know, he ended up defaulting down to sixth place. You know, we'll see how that works out for him come seed time. But that, exact, that's exactly right. And we're not going to dive into the seeds too much here on this podcast because it's all going to be settled probably by the time you listen to this, anyways. But what do you do? How do, you, how do you fairly seed a guy like Soriano? Because on the one hand, do you seed him for the potential that he may have because you don't want to end up seeding him eighth, and, you know, and then he gets the one in the quarters because that's not fair to the number one ranked guy? Or do you end up seeding him high and then he can't even go or he's not healthy? Well, this is what I would say, Ben. This isn't a coach's vote, so there's really no seeding him off potential they're going to go off they're going to go off certain criteria much like they did last year when he took a third seed after defaulting out of the big tens altogether well coaches a coach's ranking is part of that coach's ranking is part of that so look at where he's at in the coach's ranking right i think he's pretty high yeah he's top four right so i mean so they're going to go by set criteria the the well what do we think he's going to do now type seeding is out of the is out of the question it's out of the picture yeah but yeah but let's not go down this rabbit hole man okay (laughs) well but but i think we're not going down the rabbit hole for this i think i'm thinking in general for the the medical forfeit so i think it is fair to talk about this because what what do you as a coach do i mean do you just have to seed on potential do you have to you have to put your as a coach do you have to put your ranking on potential or do you have to look and say hey soriano you medical forfeited to Lezak, I'm going to count that as a loss. You know, even though it's not as a loss in the loss column, but I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to put Lezak ahead of you now. Because how's that fair to Lezak? Lezak didn't get a sh- didn't get didn't get a shot to wrestle him. I, I don't know how to answer the question, man. I think if, it's you're, just tough. if you're ranking it, you rank it on the matches that have been wrestled, and you go from there. So okay, so so to avoid this medical forfeit phenomenon, do you have to penalize it in the future? How do how do we avoid all of these medical forfeits? I don't have an answer for you, man. I really don't. Because I, th- I think there's got to be a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's an argument to be made for that. I just, I, I, I really have no answer for you on this topic. I, I don't know what to tell you. I think it, it sucks. 
uh, much like last year when Soriano got the third seed after not even wrestling in the Big Tens, and we saw what happened there. Um, I do believe it, it opens up a, a Pandora's box for coaches to be able to take advantage of a certain situation, knowing that they can medical forfeit, not take losses. All we got to do is worry about qualifying for the tournament. That's it. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's move on to 133 pounds. You want to do that? Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. No, I, I understand. I'm, I, it's, I'm just, it's, a, it's a conundrum to me. 133 in the Big Ten, you know, wasn't quite the fireworks in terms of entrance that some of the other 133s had across the country. Um, but there was no shortage of good wrestling, I think, um, once you got to the uh, at least the semifinal round and, and, and then in the finals. I'll say one thing about this weight class. Stefan Micic is on fire right now, and he looked damn good. And anybody that says that Gross is unbeatable – in college wrestling, I'm going to tell you, you might be a little bit wrong if Stefan Micic continues to wrestle the way he's wrestling now because he went tech fall, major decision, tech fall, and then he beat Pletcher, not by as wide a margin as the last time. Seven to four. But still controlled the match, all right? Beat the number three ranked guy in the country, seven to four. Pletcher was never really close to winning that match. Oh, I, I, I watched it again last night. I have to disagree with you there. Okay. Um, maybe not close to winning it, but... There were some things that Pletcher. Well, that's what I said. There were some things. There were some things it. that Pletcher did that if there, he makes an adjustment or two, um, puts him right back in that match. He was in on Stefan's legs more than Stefan was in on his legs. Um, he got a reversal on him. He was able to get out. Now he did get ridden for some riding time, but he actually got out a couple times, which is what he couldn't do the time they wrestled before. Um, I I think with a couple adjustments, Pletcher's right in that match. I really do. I'm not saying he wasn't in that match. I just don't think he was. I don't think. I don't think he was in any. I don't think Mitic was in any danger of losing that match. Really, not one point during that match when we were watching it was I thinking, "Oh, oh well, wait a minute, we got a chance here. We're going to get this one." Right? Because even yeah, because every time Pletcher almost got a takedown, even with the takedown, it still would have been seven six. You know, so yeah, Stefan did. Stefan did what he needed to do to win. I mean, he beat the heck out of Renneria in the semis. Tech Tech Teched him. Uh, Renneria, you know, is a guy that's uh, beat Del Vecchio a couple times this year. Who. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Del Vecchio snuck on that podium at the NCAA tournament, maybe a seventh or eighth. Um, so, you know, and he he crushed Renneria. You know, the more interesting semifinal match was definitely McKee Fletcher. Yeah, we didn't get to see that match in the regular season because Minnesota sat McKee when they when they dueled Ohio State. And, you know, you said a while back that McKee could be a trap match for Fletcher. I think McKee's just a dangerous matchup for, for a lot of people. Um, and he showed it in this match. Fortunately, Pletcher was able to prevail, but I still can't get the image out of my head of McKee on top of him, riding them double chicken oh, wings. Geez. Pletcher looking like he was skydiving with his arms just straight out. <laughs> he had nothing to do. He couldn't do anything. It's like it's, it's literally like, and it's what's funny is sometimes guys on the bottom get hit for stalling there, or like or like a guy on top has two boots in. We talked about yeah. this this weekend. You know, like McKee has two boots in and two chicken wings, and they're like, "Bottom man, you got to work up." <laughs> I can't move. Pletcher's what do you want me like, to do? I literally have no points. That are all my points are off the off the mat. What am I supposed to do? Get a boner and pop up? Like the only thing that's touching the mat is my wiener right now. <laughs> that's right. You know, but but you know the thing about McKee is he looks so great. Then he goes out and loses to Dylan Duncan eight to three. You know, in the finals for third and fourth, and you're like, what the heck? So I, I guess I I, th- I think it's probably worth at least discussing a little bit this Pletcher McKee match. McKee goes up three zero quick. He rides him. Um, you know, he get he he he, he got he got riding time point actually. In the match, which is kind of what pushed it to overtime, but Pletcher, I'll tell you what, it was a pretty 
took some guts in the third period um, to come back and tie that match with two takedowns and then get a match and sudden victory. And when he got those two takedowns in the third period and, and pushed it to OT, because he had to ride him, I think, at the end for a little bit to push it to OT, I think we both knew that Pletcher was going to win that match. But he just really, I think he, I, you know, I don't know if it's a Minnesota thing or maybe they all need to go up a weight or something, but he gassed. He gassed just like Lezak did. Yeah, I mean, it, I think you hit the, the hit the nail on the head there. Um, it, you know, for Pletcher to make that type of comeback, and then get the takedown in overtime. I mean, we don't, we're not used to seeing Pletcher score a lot of takedowns in matches. And for him to score three in basically three minutes, or even less than that, to win the match, um, I mean, that shows. That shows what he's got. He, he showed some great technique to do it, too. Um, I, th- I think that Pletcher had a pretty good tournament. I really do. I, th- I think that Pletcher's looking like a guy that's going to be able to wrestle to it. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to, but I think he probably has a good chance of wrestling to a seat at the NCAA tournament. He wrestles a lot of close matches, which, which you know, makes him vulnerable for upsets, but at the start of the year, I didn't think Pletcher was, you know, going to be able to maybe take third or fourth in the NCAAs, and, and now I, I definitely believe that he's got the capability to do that. So, I'm going to hit up on two of your points there. One I agree with, one I disagree with. One, I do agree that Pletcher has the ability to wrestle to a seat at Nationals, whether it's third or fourth or whatever it may be. I think he could definitely be top three, top four in the country. I think we've, we've seen flashes of greatness from him this year. He's a competitor. He's got that pedigree. He knows how to wrestle. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think he had that great of a tournament. The really? first match against Garrett Peppel from Indiana was a nail biter, which we barely won five to four. In fact, you and I were like, what is going on right now? He just didn't look himself. Yeah. The second match, he barely gets by Dylan Duncan four to three. Okay. Then the third match, we've already talked about that. He had to come behind and score three takedowns in less than a three minute span to beat Mitch McKee. This is a Pletcher who in the last duel of the season dominated a very good Tariq Wilson. Okay. Who's got a win against Michich on the year. Who's got a win against Montoya Bridges. Mueller, not Michich. Yeah. No, no, he beat Mijic at Cliff Keen. Tariq? No, I'm talking about Pletcher. Oh, oh, I thought you said Tariq did. I'm sorry. I said Pletcher. This is a guy. Okay, I got you. Who dominated Tariq Wilson? You know, he's got he's got some great wins this year. So, I think whether it was nerves, whether it was pressure, whatever it was, he just looked like he was wrestling, you know, a little tight this weekend. So I don't think he had the, I don't think he had his great tournament. Yeah, and the, you know, now that I look at the results, maybe I was I was probably basing it on you know the excitement of that win over McKee. And then, um, you know, the fact that I, that he really got in and showed some showed some pretty solid technique against against Mijic and closed that gap a little bit. You're right that 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 five four win over Peppel is a little concerning. I think they wrestled earlier in the year and it was similarly close. You know, he just wrestled those close matches. So, so yeah, I think it was probably almost vintage Pletcher. You're right, probably more vintage Pletcher than it was him having a great tournament. Now let's get to one forty one. Ohio State fans have a lot to be excited right now because Joey McKenna, over the last month of the season, has been nothing short of spectacular. Um, and he had another just a spectacular tournament this week, and he was phenomenal. Um, in his four matches, he completely dominated. I don't even think he gave up a point. Uh, did he? He didn't give up. Give a he point. didn't give up. Get, didn't give up a single point. He went pin in the first uh, first match, four nothing, then six nothing, and then what, fifteen nothing against Mike Carr? Uh thirteen. It was thirteen to nothing. We didn't get the tech there. No, I I can verify that okay. for sure, okay. but I'm pretty sure it's thirteen nothing. I mean, here's a guy that had to go up against returning Big Ten runner up Javier Gasca first round. Now Gasca, look, he's had, he's he didn't qualify for the national tournament. He didn't even get an you know a, a wild card, um, but he was a returning Big Ten runner up, and we stick him in two minutes. 
I mean, that's just that's that's a tough first round match. Yeah, it's, it's not the most ideal first round match to have to wrestle a returning Big Ten runner up and uh, multiple time multiple time national qualifier um, out the gate as a one seed. I agree with you completely. You know why didn't he? Why doesn't he get the zero and twelve guy or something? You know. Oh, man, I, but I will tell you this: there was two things that surprised me this weekend. One, I guess it didn't really. I guess there was one thing: Mikey Carr. Mike Carr is good. Mike Carr is a very solid wrestler. He he's at a uh, from Illinois. Yeah, Mike Carr from Illinois. Mike Carr from Illinois. Uh, I found out this weekend he's a Pennsylvania two-time state champ. Um, young Buck, I think he's a sophomore. Uh, he's really came on this year. I didn't know who he was really until I sat down and watched that Illinois Nebraska duel and watched him beat Chad Red. Yeah, I think he was. I think Mike Carr was like seven and four at the time. You know, not an outstanding record. Since then, he's he hasn't done, lost since. Yeah, then. since then he's done nothing but really. Um, Really, just show that he belongs in the conversation about you know round of twelve conversation at this weight class. Uh, he had he had a really nice signature win against um, against uh, Nick Lee, uh, ten to six. I mean, and it wasn't close. It wasn't close. No, at he all. rode him like a dog. Yeah, he he gets those double boots in, and um, you know he was able to ride him out. I actually we were talking beforehand and uh, before the finals, and I said Carr worries me a little bit. I you know I didn't I didn't expect him to to win. Um, but I thought that I thought it was gonna be a, I thought it was gonna be McKenna's toughest test, and uh, it turns out it wasn't because McKenna freaking barrel rolled him to his back. That barrel roll he hit. I mean, I look. look I'm gonna let. I want you to talk about the technique for just a second. But when he hit it, it was amazing. Like it was so high level, and what he did was so slick that all I could do, my, my, my jaw just dropped. Right. It was. An, and I looked at you and I said, "You're gonna have to explain that right. one to me." It was an ooh and ah moment, right? So, uh, you know, they're battling, and Mikey Carr shoots in on a uh, uh, – it was kind of like a straight-on shot. McKenna goes to do a, to beat the arm and uh, do a go-behind. So what he does is he goes with his left hand. He goes high in the uh, Mike Carr's right armpit with a uh, baseball bat grip, okay? So it would almost be like you would have an inside tie. So he goes uh, with his left arm with, – with McKenna's left hand high in Mikey Carr's right arm in the uh, armpit with a baseball grip. Then he tries to be, and it kind of is like push, pushing down on it, right? He's pushing down on it to kind of block that arm, and then he tries to go behind him. So McKenna's right arm goes to beat the elbow, right? And it does beat the elbow. Right. And he starts to go behind him, and what Mike Card, what, what do you naturally do there? The guy, the, the guy there is going to try to circle up and circle out so he doesn't get taken down from short O. So he circles out, and what he does is he circles up, Right into McKenna's barrel roll because if you're circling hard that way, it's adding a lot of torque onto that arm that McKenna's still holding. So McKenna keeps a hold of that arm with his left arm, takes the arm that was blocking the elbow, and goes straight barrel roll on it. And I think he actually went inside barrel roll, kind of like a a dump carry, and just puts him straight to his back. It was all about that torque that he had from Carr running away from him trying to go behind. It was just excellent. It's high level. Perfect timing. And and you could tell he didn't fall into it. It's something that he works on because he tried to do it again later on, and Carr was smart enough to keep his head in position. Um, He kept kept his head in McKenna's temple so McKenna couldn't duck under to hit that barrel again. But you can tell that's the second time in a couple weeks that we've seen McKenna hit that barrel roll. That's a nice little wrinkle in his wrestling game that we haven't quite seen. And and that's what you like to see is – Okay, we know McKenna's got that single leg to the right arm, right, or to the right leg of his opponents. You know that he's got um, a double leg, um, but you know that little wrinkle that he has with that barrel roll that he's caught very good, two good wrestlers with in the past couple of weeks. One being Kevin Jack, one being Carr. You know, and he put Carr on his back, six pointer, game over. Then he gets that rebar on when he gets on top of him, and you know, you know, look, if, if Joe McKenna gets a ten point lead on you or so, it's over, buddy, because he's just too tough to score on.
I always like when guys have good carries or bear rolls, especially when they've got another great attack to go with it because it complements it so well. Right. I mean, how often do you get on a single leg or maybe maybe even a double leg shot and a guy sprawls hard but you know kind of leaves drapes arms that down, arm, drapes him arms down, he drapes there. his arm. You grab that elbow or get up there in that armpit. Right. Whoop. Yep. We've seen. We see, you know, there's another guy on our team really good at doing that's Colin Moore. You know, That's right. He, he goes for the barrel, but you know, if if a guy drapes an arm on a McKenna now, or a guy drapes an arm on those guys, you know that barrel roll. You know, I I implore you guys to go back and watch that because I watched it about five or six times, and it was just so expert level. Um, and you could tell he, he set that up. I love these little wrinkles that these wrestlers are showing here, but similar to uh, you know, what I we watch Ohio State a lot. Nathan Tomasello hitting double legs, you know, for takedowns. These are just little wrinkles that they're adding to their game. Um, that, that, you know, okay, you're going to scout me. You can't scout that barrel roll because Mike, Mike, Mikey Carr was on his back before he knew it hit him. I love it. I mean, and I just, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize. We're talking about Buckeyes so much. I love the Buckeyes and they look great this weekend, yeah. but the great thing about McKenna right now is aside from his results, he is wrestling with this aura of confidence on the mat that is just inspiring which gives you a lot of confidence that come next week. All right. It's, it's next week, baby, that he is right there with the Bryce Merediths and the Jaden Ironmans and the Dean Hiles and the Kevin Jacks and all those other guys. He, he is a legitimate title contender and it's fantastic. Hey, there was one other big surprise for me in this week. Yeah. Class, I got a couple okay? I want to talk about. If you don't mind, you go ahead. If you would have told me Tommy Thorne was going to go. Oh, and two in this tournament, I would have said, you're crazy. But sure enough, he went 0-2. He, he had to get a wild card to get into the tournament. I'm actually surprised he got a wild card, to be honest with you. I mean, he's 18-11 on the year. I mean, I guess, you know, he's probably got some decent wins. Returning All-American, you know, he's got that name. You know, he Carr beats him 8-6, to six, um, uh, I believe. And then he goes down and he just gets... Deal put a freaking hurting on him. You and I are just sitting in the stands going, what the hell is going on? Deal beat him 9-1 to because Deal pinned him in the duel. He when, did. when Thorne was up. And I'm thinking, okay, hey, Deal pinned him in the duel. Ha ha. You know, Thorne's going to kind of right the ship. Deal goes out and beats him 9 to 1, and then, then promptly loses to Stickley from Wisconsin 6 to 4. Deal does. So Thorne goes 0 2. He goes 2 and BBQ at the Big Ten tournament. The worst thing about it is that. Tommy Thorne's probably not going to get a seat at Nationals, which means a returning All-American who's dangerous, who gave Joey McKenna his only loss on the season, is going to draw in to a potentially an extremely tough first-round match with a high-seated high guy. Well, he's going to draw into a seated guy. We know that for a right. fact. But they seed 16. Right, right. right. You know, whoever he draws into, he's going to have a shot against, unless it's probably one of the top four or five. Um, you know, people might say, oh, I'd, you know, we're going to hear a lot. Oh, I'd love to see Thorne draw into to, – uh, Joey McKenna, dude, Joey McKenna would freaking demolish him right now the way they're wrestling. He would. You know, I don't, I don't see any way that Thorne can beat him because Joey McKenna's not going to take down and freaking try to Granby roll. There's some other – I thought that uh, Limix had a pretty good tournament. Um, he, he, uh, he was able to beat Chad Red again, beat him 6-4. to four. Lost to McKenna 6-0, but, you know, he's, he's a pretty solid wrestler. Um, you know – Chad Red, he ends up taking seventh. Uh, he was the four seed. Um, you know, I just don't think that he had probably the best tournament. Um, lost to Vince Turk from Iowa. I, Vince Turk ended up see, uh, stealing a spot. I thought Vince Turk looked pretty good. Um, you know, he he didn't have like an amazing. Uh, you know, he beat Stickley six zero. You know, who Stickley's the eighth seed? Turk's unseated. 
You know, so he goes and beats the six seed, or the eighth seed six zero, drops down, ends up beating Red the four seed five to four, loses to Nick Lee eight to three. But um, Vince Turk, a guy who wasn't even on the wasn't even a starter, you know, was battling time, goes out and takes uh, uh, I believe fifth in the Big Ten and gets an automatic qualification spot. So, yeah, and I like I just like yeah he. Uh, he did take fifth. I like the way Vince Turk wrestles. I think that he's really got. He's pretty scrappy. Um, he is pretty scrappy. I, I liked um, one of my favorite matches this year was him versus Sal Perfacci in the duel. Oh, they yeah. went into overtime, and yeah. Turk ended up winning it. Um, Vince Turk's a guy that I think that you. He's going to be a bad matchup for um, some of the the, the lower seated, and by lower I mean like the ten through tw- uh, twelve rank or twenty through sixteen rank guys when he gets drawn into the tournament. I really do. I, I like Vince Turk as a maybe an upset special type of guy that might go two and two with the NCAAs. All right, all right. I hear you. I hear you. Let's go to one forty nine. All right. This do, weight class. Do we have to. I mean, if you don't want to, we don't have to. <laughs> um, this weight class was exciting for me. What well, was supposed to be exciting me for a lot of reasons. One, because it's actually a pretty deep weight class in the Big Ten. Um, the semis were chalk. All right, we got what we thought we were going to get in the semis. You had your one through four seeds. Rutherford versus Hayes and Deacon versus Sorensen. Um, I got to be honest with you, man. I well, was... It wasn't chalk, actually, because Colton McChrystal was the four seed. Oh, you're right. You're I mean, right. but 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 I, mean, I think that that shows that Hayes beat McChrystal twice. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was that, right. that was a gaffe in seeding. I think that you could have easily seeded Hayes four, but it don't matter. I think, well, four, I mean, five. I think it was the Deluca loss to Hayes that that it happened to. I mean, right? Let's just, no, let's you're right. You're right. Um, and, and even though Hayes beat him twice, Hayes. Didn't beat him up. I mean, it was seven no, to six the first no. time, and I think it was pretty close the second time too for third and fourth. It was, it was, but um, you know, at the same time, you know, Colt McChrystal's not a bad opponent. You know, I don't think he's he's an All American contender so much, but you know, he's the same guy that pinned uh, or not pinned, but beat Bryce Meredith last year um, at one hundred one forty one pounds. Uh, national qualifier, solid wrestler. Um, you know, so Hayes had his work cut out for him, but. You know, that was a good I, – I, I think that was actually kind of a good win for Hayes, a, a good test because those are the type of guys he's going to see at the NCAA tournament that he's going to have to beat. And it doesn't matter if you beat him by 10 or if you beat him by 1. You got to, you know, survive in advance, right? Yeah. I was really interested to see how the semifinal match was going to go against Deacon from Northwestern and Sorensen from Iowa. Remember last time Sorensen beat Deacon in the duel on a headgear pool call. It was really close. It was extremely close. And – I'm even thinking Deacon's got a chance to beat him, but Sorensen went out him. there and and really controlled Deacon, won seven to two. I mean, was never in danger. Shut the the junior world silver medalist down. I think he took a silver. Yeah, it was a silver medalist, right? Yeah, yeah. This summer, just shut him down, getting that seven to two victory. Which here after that, Deacon drops down to the Concies, another medical forfeit. Promptly forfeits. Medical forfeits out of the tournament. And it, I was looking forward to seeing a Hayes versus Deacon match for third and fourth. That's what I'm saying. This is the problem. Now, to me, okay, I get it. And maybe I justify it in my own head as this. Look, it's an entire season's resume that you need to look at, not just the Big Ten. Exactly. That's 100% true. That's the it. only way I can justify it in my head and and feel okay about it because it angers me. To think that Deacon will be seated above Hayes when Hayes was like, hey, I, my shoes are strapped on. I'm ready to rock and roll. Now, if Deacon was legitimately hurt, okay. But if it was seed protection, which we play, don't know. Can I play devil's advocate for you? Yeah, go second? ahead. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate. And I know it's not apples to apples, but it is fairly similar. All right. You talked ad nauseum this weekend with me about the seeding at 125. 
what makes Cruz the guaranteed one seed at 125 when when Tomasello, in theory, could be just as deserving? Well, Tomasello also didn't wrestle till January. Right. Cruz wrestled the entire season, okay? Yep. So, it, again, it, there's never going to be a perfect solution to this and a perfect perfect seating you know criteria however i think you know you were communicating with alex steen editor of the open mat today on, yeah. on, on twitter and alex made a great point look all the criteria that goes into the ncaa seating not one specific part of that criteria is perfect per se but right them grouped together comes out with a pretty perfect seating situation at, at least fair it's the best you it's got the best right? you got it's, and the, it's, fair, it's the best you got and it makes sense the only reason why and the only reason so rpi is an issue for me because you have to wrestle a certain amount of matches but if you got like nathan tomasello is not going to be able to get i thought you had like 17 or something or i think it's 17 Britt matches. was saying something like hey nathan they don't want to have that rpi right you know so maybe maybe relook at that and say okay you got to have 12 17 is 10. a lot of matches i mean if you think about if it, you get injured or something you got yeah yeah it's a lot of matches but you do have to have a minimum match number because I agree hey, with that. here's a guy i wrestled six matches i'm six and oh. i'm six and oh and i've got you know, three wins against top twenty guys who got a good RPI as well. So hey, I, I need that number one seed. So maybe, yeah. so maybe make it ten. I don't know. You, you know, maybe make it twelve. But you know, that's neither here nor there. The, the, the thing is that you look at now is, is you know, I'm looking at the Big Ten wrestling websites brackets. So I could be wrong, but it says that Ryan Deacon is thirty and six on the year. Keyshawn Hayes is twenty six and five. I don't have their you know entire resume in front of me, so I'm not going to sit here and argue who deserves to be seated above one another. All I'm trying to say is I wish that we could have actually seen it based on, you know what, you know one way that, to settle seating that doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> RPI and coaches ranking and yada, yada, yada? Strap a headgear on and wrestle each other, and we didn't get to see that because Deacon forfeited out. I, I get it. You make a good point. Look, Deacon's had – he's had a great season, all right? I mean, he, he really I picked him to beat Sorensen. Right. He's had a great season. So, again, let's not go down that rabbit hole of seeds because you – I mean, it's just there is no perfect. There's no perfect solution for it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, would have been nice to see Hayes and Deacon, though. Oh, I would have loved to have seen. That I think that Hayes got a good shot at him. To me, I thought it would have been a great test for Hayes. Show me where you, especially with how good Deacon is on his feet. Deacon's great yeah, on his feet. He's big, like he's tall, he's huge. He's real huge. tall, real long arms. Um, Hayes is a little bit more of an undersized 149 pounder, and I think it does show, which is why he has a closer match with McChrystal and stuff. Um, you know, he he he's not really really strong. But he's he can control a wrestler really well with his uh, long arms and his big hands. Wrestled a nice match. Um, has an, had another nice win against Bannister. Beats McChrystal's in the finals. Takes third. I like it. But you know we still had a finals match to talk about. Let's talk about Zane real quick. Let's do it. You think Zane was frustrated this weekend? He went major, major, and then won two to nothing in the finals. That's not a typical Zane performance. Uh, was he frustrated? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he probably wasn't extremely happy with his performance. But at the same time, look, he's had close matches with Sorensen before. You know, his his one major was 14 to one over Belize from Minnesota, who, in his own right, you know, he's been he's been injured a lot this year, but is a solid wrestler. Then he what he he blanks Hayes 10-0 in a match that wasn't even close yeah, to I mean, 10-0. I mean, it no. could have. Like Hayes, Hayes worked to keep that from a tech fall. Right, put it that way. Had to I mean. work really hard. <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I don't know how frustrated he was. Maybe a little bit in the finals because you know Sorensen didn't open up much. But it's not like Rutherford opened up a ton either. Neither one really committed to a ton of wrestling attacks on their feet. Uh, you know, Rutherford did what he needed to do to win. Rutherford's wrestled close matches before. 
Um, does he get frustrated? I'm sure he does, but you know, I I, I don't I don't take much from it. I I still I still see Rutherford really dominating the NCAA field um, and coming away with an NCAA title with you know maybe oh, yeah. maybe one 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 non bonus point win. All right. All what right. about you? Do you did you think he was frustrated? Um, I think he was. Um, I, I think he was, especially if you listen to some of his interviews. I don't remember his exact quotes, but basically it had to do with people scouting him and, you know, trying to wrestle styles. Yeah, to, you know, what not, you know, not opening up things like that. Of course, I bet it frustrates him, especially especially his finals win. He doesn't want to win two to nothing. He does not want right. to win two to nothing. Zane loves to, to put the pain on people. Yeah. Okay. He... He wants to torture you. He wants to, you know, demoralize you and just beat the living shit out of you, to That's be quite right. frank. And, and he does it a lot. Um, More often than not, by a lot. So I do think he was probably a bit frustrated this weekend. Um, but that just shows you how good he is. The, he hasn't dropped one in a long time. And, you know, he's getting everybody's best shot. He's getting everybody's best game plan. I mean, Swartzen's probably gone into each match with a different game plan saying, maybe this will work, maybe this will work. Let's see, let's see what I can do. Still can't do it. You know that just that's a testament to how great Zane Rutherford is. He's he is. Um, I I still consider him him and Nolf to be the two best folk style wrestlers in college right now. All right, speaking of Jason Nolf, let's go one fifty seven. Oh god, this is the one weight class that I didn't pick the right champ. I picked nine out of ten right. You um, did. I did. How many did I pick right? I don't know. Tell me. You picked NATO. Uh-huh. Picked Michich. Yep. Picked McKenna. Mm-hmm. Picked Rutherford. You didn't pick Pantaleo. You picked Imar. You. I picked. I, I didn't pick. Yeah. What, wait, who'd you pick? You picked Pantaleo on this one. No, this is the only oh, one okay, I, I didn't gotcha. get right. I think you I and I are Kimmer. probably. Yeah, you and I are probably pretty close. Um. So anyway, Jordan Decking Kimmer, awesome. Uh, one for the ages, baby. Loved it, dude. Jordan, that that was a that was an interesting match by Jordan. But I tell you what, as he as he throws that whip over. And it was a cow catcher, you know, now that I Total back cow catcher. at it. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know quite exactly what it was from where we were sitting. But, oh, my goodness, he breaches those hips, you know, where the hips kind of flop from 90 degrees over to the 45. And then that's when you know somebody's going to – because if, if, if it's at 90, you're like, is he going, is he not? You know, we know he's going to get the two. And when those hips breached and he had the half in, I'm like – It's done. Dude, he's about to stick him. He's, he's about he to stick him. And he was pumped. And you know what? Uh, camera, you know – he was uh, your content- consensus, probably number two seed. Uh, well, consensus number top three seed, we'll say, because of uh, Hidley. Um, if Kimmer wins the bigs, right, he's he your, is a con- he is either one or two. Yeah, it's yeah. either him or Hidley, right? And um, you know, Jordan shut him down in a really tactical match. Jordan Tag- wrestled very tactically point. all tournament. Um, wrestled tactically against Berger. You know, Jordan comes out his first matches against an All American. Beats him four to three. Wrestles another All American in camera. Wrestles him. He picks his spots. You know, as, as you kind of alluded to on some previous podcasts, that you wish you just didn't go out and go gung ho all the time because that's when he kind of gets caught. And then maybe save that energy to go gung ho after you wear the guy down, which is what I think what we were going to see here. Picked his spots a lot on camera. Um, camera was up one zero, I think, going into the third period. Um, and. Uh, you know, Kemmerer takes a bad shot, and Micah makes him pay. Micah, the reason why Micah was in a position – now, the reason why Micah was in a position to win that match, because I think he had a chance to win that match, regardless of if he decked him or just got two, was because he didn't put himself in a hole. 
Didn't put himself in a riding time hole because he didn't take bottom. Didn't put himself in a hole because he didn't take wild shots. That win is very solid. That win is going to – I think that win might pay, you know, pay off a little bit here when it comes to NCAA time, confidence-wise. I thought Micah looked really good. Um, so good that I th- thought we had a legitimate chance in the finals against Pantaleo. Yeah. But there's two things I'm coming to realize after the finals match. One – Pantaleo just may be one of those guys for Micah Jordan that's just, A, he's a great wrestler, and B, he just may be that bad of a matchup for him that it's kind of like a Micah's Achilles heel, you know? And not, not talking Jason Nolf type, but a guy that right. who you're probably equal, you're probably equal with, but you just can't figure him out. He right. al- he's always going to get the best of you. Yeah, you're both, yeah, you're both, and I mean, by some, some measures, Micah might be better in terms of, you know, bad losses. The other thing, and maybe it was how, look, Pantaleo didn't really have the toughest roads, the toughest road to the finals in this tournament. But the way he wrestled Micah just showed me that on any given day when Pantaleo is clicking on all cylinders, he can look so good and can go with anybody in the country, to be truthfully honest. I mean, and you saw I think shown it. early in the season when he took Nolf down twice, you know, lost a close one to him. Um, he's so athletic and he's so... He maintains such great position. He's hard to he's it's hard to beat his defense to get in on Real shots. Real short, stocky guy. Um, doesn't play well Strong to Micah. Strong as a bull too. Yeah, doesn't play well to Micah because Micah's got a really, you know, you know, Micah's. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot. Now he didn't quite do that against Pantaleo this time, but Pantaleo is just a bad matchup for him with that style because he stays in great position and he'll make you pay if you take a bad shot. Pantaleo's a guy that look with the right draw, the way he wrestles. I would not be surprised to see him in the national finals at all. He he can definitely make the finals. Hell, if if Nolf injury only puts him at seventy percent, Pantilia could be your champ. I'd be surprised just because there's so many landmines that I'm not going to pick him, but he could be your champ. Yeah, fifty seven's pretty tough. Look, it's pretty deep. It's tough. Look, there's the you know Joey, the, the Joey Lavallees, the Hayden Hidleys. Obviously, you got Nolf, Josh Shields. I mean, there, there's all kinds of really good guys out there. It's a fun weight. It's definitely a fun weight. Speaking of Nolf. Here's a guy that's missed a good chunk of time with what a lot of people thought was a pretty serious knee injury. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. You ain't a doctor? You ain't an internet doctor? I ain't no internet doctor. Well, tell me what happened with his knee. It looked like the kneecap dislocated. Was it the patella tilla tella that snapped in half? I, no. No. I just made that up. I don't think there's a patella tilla tella. All right. I don't know what you're getting at, man. I'm not getting at anything. But he wrestles two matches. All right. <laughs> He pins Jake Tucker first match. He goes out and he majors a, a formidable Jake Short from Minnesota in the second match. Looked good on a bum knee for being off the mat for a while, which is scary if you think about it. Then they forfeit him out. Can I just tell you how much I love seeing him and Michael Kimmer standing <laughs> on the sixth place spot on the podium together? That was cute. If only they could have held hands. I, I saw that uh, uh, Kimmer gave Nolf uh, some roses and a corsage in the in – the, um, in in the uh, hallway before the before the finals, it looked like they were on a date. <laughs> Look, it's Iowa and Penn State. If you think I'm not going to take a shot at you, you're dumb. The number one one and two guys in the country, and there they are standing on the sixth place. They look spot so awkward. What did you together. tweet? They look like they both. I said it looks like uh, it looks like two boys showed up to a hotel and just find out there's only, there's only one, one bed in the room. <laughs> one bed in the room. One of the one of the uh, that one was one of my favorites. One of the other ones I liked. Uh, I forget who tweeted it, but they said that. 
Um, looks like two guys at a sorority event when their dates go to the bathroom. <laughs> Just like standing there like they, know, they don't know anybody. Like, uh. That's funny. And they both know each other. They're both from Pennsylvania. Yeah, they both wrestled at a Strip Matters Club. Young Guns, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, North zeros in the first period was short. Well, then he beat him 15 to 2. Yeah, but, you know, if it was the end of the first period and it went to overtime, we never know what could have happened. You know, another thing, about, <laughs> another, thing, another thing about Pantaleo, which I think is going to be a benefit for him in my seeding mind, is that he avenges the loss to Crone 7-3. to three. I think that, you know, in the end, when we talk about all of this, we can talk about how Micah Jordan employed some tactics that we haven't quite seen, which seemed to work out a little bit, because he wrestled All-Americans. Do you realize every match he wrestled at the Big Ten Tournament was against an All-American? Right. Um, but I think Pantaleo, you know, he's, he's the guy you really got to uh, – you know, stand up and, and, and give a round of applause here. Uh, he didn't have the, you know, he only can wrestle the guys that are in front of him. Uh, you know, he beats Crone, who actually isn't a bad wrestler. I think he ended up taking third in this weight class. Granted, it was watered down with the, with the forfeits. Um, and then he goes out there and he just, he, he's done it different ways with Micah, right? First way, he goes big, scores some points. You know, second one, he gets some points a little bit different, but he still gets taken down a couple times and then went at 12 to 7 in the duel. Here, he, right. He, you know, just as much as Jordan wrestled, wrestled a tactical match, Pantaleo did as well, and he got in on a single. It, he didn't score off a bad shot from Jordan. He scored off his own single leg, and it was a really nice shot. Um, I think Pantaleo is going to be some problems for some people come come NCAA time, much like a lot of these Michigan folks are. Michigan had one heck of a tournament. They really blew the blew the doors off of Iowa. I mean, they finished third, which is the as high as you could have expected in the finish, but they looked really good doing it. And this is a team that early in the season, well, look, this is a team that in the summertime we were thinking, hey, they could be really good. They could contend for trophies. Then the season got started and we were like, whoa, they wait a minute. They got blown out by Lehigh, they remember? Got, right. They got blown out by Lehigh. Pantaleo lost like three matches in a row. They, you know, Mitrich didn't have that great Cliff Keen. Um, and people were wondering what's going on here. But it looks like they started to put things together. Got a nice little tournament this week, and they're looking good going into the national tournament. Yeah, I, I think that they're 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 probably one of the lead dogs for that third place trophy, along with maybe NC State. Yeah, NC State, Virginia Tech, because Virginia Tech beat NC State yeah, in the that's ACC. True. That's true. That's you know, true. You got a strong Okie State too. So there's there's some teams there vying for that. Don't forget about Missouri. So oh, I forgot about. There's going to be some good. I did teams. forget about Missouri. Some great teams are going to be left out of a trophy this year. Yeah. Okay, because and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you've got. Two spectacular, probably two of the greatest teams ever, Ohio State and Penn State, that I think, I'm not sure this has ever been done, between the two of them, they put up over 300 points in this Big Ten tournament. That's crazy. That's amazing. That's crazy. Both of them scored well over 100, well, not well over, both of them scored over 150 points in this No, did Penn State score over 150 or was it like 140? I think it was 147 or 59 or something like that. Crazy. Something like that. Um, Let's go to 165. Oh, we got some hype here. This is probably one of the toughest weight classes in the Big Ten. Aside from 125, there was a lot of controversy around the seating for this t- for this weight class. A couple of thoughts real quick before we dive deep into it. One, we saw that after all was said and done, they pretty much got the seating right, okay? Especially when it came down to the controversy between who gets the one seed, Imar or, Vin- or-, or Marinelli. Um, two, for anybody that was discounting Imar going into this tournament, you don't watch enough wrestling. You got to watch more wrestling. And then the third thing I'm going to say is that Richie Lewis that dude's a had a scrapper. phenomenal tournament. And 
If I was going to go into a street fight in an alley with one person in college, I, I, I want Richie Lewis in my corner. Richie Lewis is a freaking bruiser, dude. He's he he talks the talk, you know. And he looks like he walks the walk. He finished third in a really deep weight class. Speaking of talking the talk, I think he went over there after he uh, put it on Marinelli and told Brands to stop talking that talk. He said you chirp too much. What's up with that, Ben? He kind of did that little like that little hand gesture yeah, like he, you talk too much. He said he said you talk too much, but you ain't backing it up, my friend. Now I don't know exactly what it's from, but you know from listening to a. Uh, you know the flow podcast today. Apparently, brands maybe back in like Midlands or something. And this is just this is just you know allegations. Told Richie Lewis that his U twenty three gold medal was a paper that paper he's a title paper champion paper champion. He's a paper champion. Well, you know what that paper champion beat your boy Alex Marinelli, who we like by the way. But hey, beat your boy seven to five with a nice little step over jump at the end to score that takedown. Richie Lewis is dangerous, and he is a. Uh, He's going to have something to say about 165, I think, at the NCAA tournament. I think so, too. I think when we saw him jump up to 165 this season, you know, he, he took his lumps a little bit at first, had some close matches. He's really settled into that weight class real nice. I think he's, you know, he's another one of those guys that he's great defensively. He he's holds posi- position very well, and you hit it right there. You hit it right there. He's so athletic. He's, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Not sneakily, but just, uh, Deceptively, deceptively athletic. Deceptively athletic. And he showed at this tournament. He had a great tournament. By the way, Marinelli went into this tournament undefeated, talking about give me that number one seed. And he walks out placing sixth with three losses. How about the freaking match against uh, Massa in the quarters? One, you know, we talked about this on the last podcast. Hey, congratulations to the two seed. You draw the number th- you're the guy who finished third in the country last year in the quarters. Massa goes out. Massa looked better than we've seen him all year this tournament. Yep. And that's to be expected. Here's a guy that, look, took third at the national tournament last year, was a Big Ten runner-up last year. You know, I, I think his only losses last year, he lost twice to, to Imar, and he lost once to uh, Joseph at the national tournament. I think that's all he lost last year. He goes out this year. He gets injured in Vegas, and he's been fighting that injury all year. I heard it was year. a hammy, which I can't imagine. That's probably tough to come back from. Hamstring. I mean, I've never had one before. I've had an eggs over my hammy before at Denny's, but that's about it. Does that oh, count? Oh, dear Lord. It sounds good, don't it? <laughs> yeah, I'd eat it. <laughs> There's not much you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, thanks. I really appreciate that comment. Um, but he goes out, massive beats him, uh, you know, in sudden victory, and then he flexes on Brands. Brands just getting shit on this weekend, dog. They talk a lot of shit. Yeah, I guess, you know, that. that's the thing. That's the thing. Just like we're saying, like where we're giving – uh, some of our Penn State fan, uh, Penn State friends, some shit. If you're gonna talk shit, you better be ready to take it because you know if the Ohio State doesn't win the NCAA tournament, we're gonna be taking it. Just same as the duel, we're gonna get cyber bullied. But you know, look like my mama always told me growing up, Brandon, you talk shit, you get dealt with. That's what she said. I promise. And, and that's the truth. Um, and then you know, Masley has a tight one with Joseph, loses five to four. Which you know, that's a that was a uh, I think a semi last year in the NCAA tournament. He drops down and then Wick. Wick out of, you know, Wick kind of, the forgotten man, uh, you know, a guy who beats Isaiah White 3-1 to one and then beats Massa 4-3. to three. He's good on top, Ben. He's got such a great equalizer on top. We always said top is a great equalizer, and it's the truth, especially if you can't get out from him. You know, he comes back and he takes fourth in a really tough weight class, um, losing in the finals uh, for third and fourth to Richie Lewis. Um, you know, so Massa drops down, and then he beats the bull again. You know, we're talking about... 
The Bull taking three losses here. Isaiah White and Nick Wanzak, both guys ranked in the top ten in the country by a lot of prognosticators. Um, at least Nick Wanzak is. Um, I think White might be too. Seventh and eighth in the Big Ten. This 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 Big Ten uh, weight class was absolutely freaking a, a delight to watch. You say that, and we're not saying Wanzak and Isaiah White taking seventh and eighth in the Big Ten is a bad thing. Oh, no, I'm White saying. White was seated eighth, and Wanzak was seated sixth. So they, they pretty much wrestled to their seats. Right, it's just a crazy But it just goes, shows how, how deep this weight class is. Let's give Imar his due, though, for a minute. All yeah, right? I'll talk we Imar all day. we got to give Imar some due here because – over the last year, all we've talked, all we've heard people talk about is Vincenzo Joseph, Alex Marinelli, um, you know David McFadden's undefeated out there. Chance Marsteller went into the, his uh, conference tournament with only one loss on the season, and it's like people forgot about Imar. They forgot how good this guy actually was because of one moment that happened in the NCAA finals last year. Do you think it's also could have been because maybe he didn't wrestle as many matches this year because he competed? Um, at the U23s, maybe. Yeah, you know, and he didn't wrestle at the didn't Midlands because he was sick. sick. Yeah. Maybe, but, I mean, look, how do you forget about a guy that's a three-time national finalist, two-time national champ, Four who just Big won Ten his fan. fourth Big Ten title, all right? And you know what? I'm guilty of it, too, though. You know, and, 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 and I, oh, I picked I picked Imar. I've, I've picked Imar from the start to win, this, to win this tournament, so I guess you can't quite say that I forgot about him or that we forgot about him, but he doesn't come up in our conversations as much as I think that maybe some of these other guys do. Um you know, well, he had, a lot of that probably has to do also with the fact that the Buckeyes wrestle. didn't wrestle with right, wrestle Illinois. Right. We, we, we talk a lot of Ohio State. Sure, and he hasn't wrestled a ton. Um, you know, he had, he had some close matches, closer matches than we're normally used to with Imar, but these were against some very, very good All-American-style opponents. And, uh, you know, Richie Lewis gave him a good match, but in the end, Imar, you know, he, he did it. The, I was so excited for his finals match against Joseph. I mean, heck. It's a rematch of, of last year's national championships. What I found so interesting about that match is that Joseph Joseph looked intimidated out there. He didn't really attempt anything. Yeah, I think that he took one shot. Well, he took one shot on Imar, and Imar was able to – remember, Joseph got it to the air. Joseph got that leg in the air, and Imar did, uh, dove through, but, did a straight roll through. Right, no, I get that, but there were multiple times when they got into – specific tie-ups where if I'm Imar, this is me, and I'm like, look, last time we did this, you put me on my back. I'm bailing. Right. Imar didn't bail. Imar he banged into those underhooks. Yeah, he banged into his, his ties, and Vincenzo was backing out of them, which I found, I found rather interesting. And the reason I bring that up is this. In the last month, we saw Vincenzo go upper body with Marinelli, get put to his back. Vincenzo also went upper body in the last duel of the season with the Buffalo guy and got put to his back right. as well. Is that in his head? I think so. He got put to his back at the, in the tournament against um, uh, against uh, Wanzak. It was Wanzak. Wanzak had him in that headlock, head and arm. It was Wanzak. It's been an 18 to 10 match. You're exactly right. You know, when you it, – it, it's like, you know, the styles that you wrestle are going to dictate um, – you know, kind of um, the results, right? That's, that sounds silly to say. The style that Luke Pletcher wrestles is going to dictate the result of a closer match. The style that jo- Vincenzo Dovesis wrestles, a wide-open style, is going to dictate results being really high-level scores. To go back to your point about, um, you know, I didn't quite notice the uh, the intimidation factor, but I did notice the that Imar was pushing the pace. He was really banging into those underhooks. That's ballsy to say, look, look, I understand. My best position is an underhook. Your best position, you know, one of your best positions might be an overhook. We're just going to see what happens. And 
Vincenzo Joseph didn't want to be in those positions. Imar did a lot of those whip buys to try to get to the legs. Yep. Didn't quite get him. Got to the leg, I think, maybe once off of him. But he said, look, this, I'm, this is my best position. I'm going to p- go into my best position, even if it's your best position, and we're going to find out who's the best. Because you know what? Maybe last year when you beat me, he, Imar probably said, look, I was the better guy. You just beat me that day. That's what Imar said, you know. And he said, look, we're going to find out again. And, and we did. Now, it was a close match. I, the, the difference in the match, it was 4-1. Right. But, you know, it was a takedown at the end when Vincenzo Jovis was kind of scrambling. Imar hits him with a go-behind. The difference in that match, though, was Imar's ability to hustle ride. Yeah. To get, that, to get that riding time point, to put him up. I wasn't saying Joseph was intimidated. I guess it was surprising to me to see Imar be the aggressor, especially in those ties, and Joseph respecting Imar more than what I thought he would have been. I thought Joseph would have exactly been feasting right. on those ties. You thought he well, – we've seen it before, right, in other matches. If somebody digs an underhook, Joseph immediately goes hard overhook and, and gets his hips popped in and says, let's see what – you know, what are you going to try to do? You talked about Imar trying those whip buys to get to the leg. He's done that so much throughout his career. It's interesting, though. I seem to have it in my mind that since he's gone up to 165, he hasn't been able to control guys as much as he did when he was at 157. I mean, remember when he was at 157, he blew through guys. And I remember his freshman big in title when he just lifted up Dylan Jason Ness? Nolf. Or yeah, Nolf, Dylan Ness, and just dropped him. You dropped him on his head. He was just he was so much more athletic, and he was stronger. He was quicker. His technique was better. I still think a lot of that happens at 65, but the strength factor might be a little bit different. Right. Right? That's, that's the point I was making. All I know is this is, look, 165 is going to be a delight at the national tournament. You've got two undefeated guys going into that tournament. You've got Imar, you've got David McFadden, and then you've got a whole slew of guys that are just absolute monsters. I can't wait to see the seating in this weight class. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that, I think that it's got to be Isaiah Martinez. Um, Maybe I don't know. He'll be the one seed. Yeah, yeah. maybe David McFadden. But I tell you one thing, buddy. That those quarters, those quarters on, you're going to be seeing some boys like the Logan Massas hitting some top dogs. You could see a Logan Massa Imar quarter. <laughs> you're getting me excited, Ben. You're yeah, getting me baby. excited. Anything hey. else in this weight that you know? Um, our boy Campbell, he ended up taking I think ninth and and qualifying. I'm trying to think if there's anything else crazy. I, I do really like the way. Wick wrestled, you know, he he lost to Richie Lewis twice, um, six to four in the first one. Uh, Wanzak, you know, and it's just I guess I'm just going back to saying this was just such a crazy, such a crazy weight. It's funny we, you know, Kevin Clanch sent a text today and he's absolutely right. He's like, man, I for, I always forget about Wanzak. He's just that boring. He's gonna go out an All American and nobody's even gonna remember right. remember how he did it. Like, oh, you you were wrestling, and it's true, but he's. He's dangerous. He's really good on top. It's just it's just such a fun weight. For Buckeye fans, though, listen, I think we're seeing what we're going to get from Campbell. I mean, I, maybe I, a win or two in NCAAs. Maybe a win or two. You know, he got two last year. He went two and two last year in NCAAs, and I think that's what we're looking at this year. I think we'll probably see that. I think his peak's probably around a 12. Because then you start running into the guys that he just hasn't proven he can beat yet. Right. You know, I agree. and I think he's better than some of the – you know, the bottom half of the guys. I think he's right in the middle. You know, he's a 12 to 16 type guy. And I think the seeds will bear that out. Staying on Ohio State, let's talk Bo Jordan for a second. Okay. 74 pounds. This was the first year in his entire college career that he did not make the Big Ten Finals, right? That's right. And he ends up finishing third. 
He lost for the second time in a row to Michigan's Miles Amin after, I mean, let's face it, he dominated Amin last year. Yep, he dominated Amin last year, and he both times when he lost, he'd been up late in the late in the third period or late in the late in the match before he ended up losing. So you know he's going into the match and uh, at the Big Ten duel, and he says, "Okay." Uh, so he beats him at Vegas. It was close. He's beating him in the duel, gets taken down at the last second. He's beating Amin here. He does something that just is. I still can't figure out why he did that, but he kind of like sits out and faces on his butt, faces Amin, and Amin just decks him to his back. I need to watch I, it what's again. What's going on there? I need to watch it again because it looked like a situation where he set out and Amin just let go. Let him sit to his butt like he knew it was coming and right. then decked him. Um, which to me, if that's the case, Amin did something. I mean, that's some that's some really good stuff right there You know, for what Amin did. Because if, if you think about it, if a guy's going to sit out on you, what's he want to do? He wants to control hands, right? Right. Sit out, get to his butt, and I mean, just let go. Well, yeah, he needs your, you to, to for a sit out to work. You need to, that the other guy's arm to be under your armpit, right? Right, or else there's no pressure. There's no pressure allowing you to torque that to, to finish a switch or to finish an escape. If you sit out and the guy, you know, basically releases you, you're literally just sitting there. And if you're facing him, he's gonna deck you. And and that's what happened here. I don't know, man. At this point, if you were what what should we expect from Bo Jordan at the national tournament? Yeah, I think that he probably is a is a top six guy, but I I think it, now if he's seated sixth, uh, he's likely if you know if all things go into uh, the way they should, he's going to wrestle a guy who's seated third who he's never lost to, in um, Missouri's uh, um, Dan Lewis. Dan Lewis, who Bo's you know owned him since they wrestled. Yes, you are correct. When Bo owned him, though, it was when they were at 165 pounds. Bo was older than Dan Lewis, all right, a little more seasoned than Dan Lewis. And I think if you look at the trajectory of their careers, I think maybe – I think Bo Jordan's been the same his entire career. He's just been good, like real good from the moment he got in. But we haven't really seen him – we haven't really seen him, like, hit another plateau. Right, yeah, he hasn't okay? – he hasn't He hasn't. An argument jumped can, levels. Right, an argument can even be made that maybe he – he has regressed a little bit because of all the things he's dealt with. That he's lost that 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 ability. That I he think had on capability top. is the word, right? It's not so much ability, but it's capability. It's his. Is he capable of doing it with the injuries that he has? Okay, exactly. Right. Where Dan Lewis, here's a guy from Missouri who's undefeated. Now, granted, he didn't wrestle the toughest schedule this year, but he's still going to go into the national tournament undefeated. One of three guys at that weight class, the third seed, most likely who is another guy that's really, really tough on top, extremely tough on top. Sure. I don't know if I'm liking that matchup, Ben. Well, I like that matchup better than the alternative. I mean, who you know, for a quarterfinal, I'd rather have a guy that we've beaten every time than a guy, you know, than a, than a different guy. I'm just saying that it's – that this, the odds are that Bo Jordan, based on seeds, is going to have to beat a Dan Lewis, who he's always beaten. Um, not Jordan say, Cutler. Yeah, or Jordan Cutler. Um, and then a, a Mark Hall, if he wants to make the finals. Right. Uh I think that the odds are good he gets tripped up. I think he makes the podium. Uh, he's been 3-3-2-3. Three, three, three. I think it's an uphill battle for him to continue to have not finished lower than third. But I also think the Buckeyes really need it to contend. Well, this is what I'll say. I'm going to play the other side on that. 
Bo Jordan went into last year's national tournament with minimal matches and with 14 days practice total the entire season. Tom Ryan said that. So right. Bo Jordan only trained 14 days, only had 14 training sessions the entire season. He went into the national tournament. He's a gamer, put it on, made the finals, and was very close to winning a national title. Oh, yeah. I think Bo Jordan's a competitor. I think he's been competing under at, on, on the biggest stages, under the brightest lights his entire career. And I think he knows very, you know, he's going to know full well that this is probably his last time ever putting a pair of wrestling shoes on at this tournament. I think you're right. And I think that is a big motivator. I think that's going to be a big motivator. Bo Jordan's not the type that says, you know what, I'm just done. I'm going to pack it up. I'm done. Totally agree. Yeah. I'm going to go out. I'm just going to try to get on the podium, be a four-time All-American. I'll take my seventh or eighth place finish. No. I think he understands that he's a senior. The team's got a chance to win a national title. He knows how close he was last year. And I think he's going to – I think we may see something – see that same competitor that we in him that we saw last year at the yeah. national tournament. No, he's an absolute competitor. I think it just goes back to capability. What is his body allowing him to be capable of doing? And, you know, and there's some tough match, there's some tough matchups there. Look, there's nothing in that matchup. We talked about this on Sunday. There's nothing in the matchup with Miles Amin that's going to make me want to pick Miles Amin over Bo Jordan when they wrestle again. Bo Jordan was winning that match before he did something stupid. I wouldn't pick Miles Amin to win if it was Bo Jordan versus Miles, Moore, Miles Amin again. But at the same time, you know, eventually you are what your record says you are. Yeah, you are what your results say you are. I hear you. Uh, you know, when I say he's a top six guy, I'm not saying that he can't. I, I think that it's gonna be. It would be a very, very, very big surprise if he wins a title. Anything of less? Of course. Anything less than? Of course. Anything three through six, I can see. I could say that that's very, very possible. All right, I get you. What about Miles Mean though? You got to give him credit. Miles Mean. Yeah, I was gonna say. Look, here's a guy. I mean, look, he's just getting better. He, he makes really the is. finals. He, really is. he loses to Hall by one point. It's the second time he's lost to Hall this year by one point. Um, he's a competitor. He, he's very much a He never stops going. He never gives up, which is very admirable in him. I'm just not sure that he has the firepower to get past to, to, to get past that one point that he that he to, to beat a right. Hall. Right. Know, or he to come keep close to, to beating a Zahid Valencia. Right. Um but Miles Mean's going to be a guy. Look, he's a guy that took fourth last year, and he's a guy that could that I could definitely see finishing anywhere from three through fifth, three through six in this weight class. And it is a tough weight class. It, it, it it's it, it's pretty top heavy, right? With the top, yes. Let's, let's yes. say five five guys. You know, um, five the top five guys are fairly close. But you know, when I mean top heavy, I mean like the top two are, you know, pretty solidified. Where if if one of those if Mark Hall or Zahid Valencia doesn't make the finals, it's a decent upset. I'd call it a decent upset. I wouldn't call it a crazy upset, but I'd call it a pretty decent upset. Um, Miles Amin had a really nice tournament. Mark Hall, on the other hand, you know, he, he just kind of did his thing. Uh, you know, beat Johnny Sebastian, who had a nice little tournament himself. Um, you know, gave, gave Bo Jordan a tough match for third and fourth. And, uh, and Mark Hall goes out and does what he needs to do to win, the, win. And then he looks up at the Michigan crowd and smiles with that little damn smirk that oh, he has. Oh, they were booing him big time. I think they were booing the ref. I don't think they were booing him. Well, look, don't get me wrong. Mark Hall has some of the, the fastest pair of track shoes I've ever seen in the last 25 oh, seconds of a goodness. match. Yeah, he does. All right, especially when he's up by one point. That boy can run. He's fast. Yeah. Do yeah. you think he ran track in high school? <laughs> I don't know what he did. I know he won six eight titles, didn't he? <laughs> so, you know, Mark Hall, he's, he, tough. he's a phenomenal wrestler, and I'm excited. We're not going to talk seeds here, but I'm excited to see what, what they do at 174. I, I think you put Zahid at one. I think you do, too. But... 
We'll see. I, I think you do too. I, mainly because I, I want to go on uh, Blue White Illustrated and uh, watch, read the Penn State fans bitching. Speaking of, speaking of message boards, I don't read them much, but I do. I got home Sunday night and I had so much joy laying in bed, unwinding, reading the Hawkeye report and the, <laughs> the Penn State message boards. I loved it, every bit of it. You guys are wonderful. I love everything. We got to enjoy, got to enjoy small victories, baby, well, or big it. ones like the Big Ten. I'm going to enjoy this for the next week because there's a good chance me and you are getting bullied again <laughs> the week after hey, next. Stay to my face. MFers. Uh, well, here's here's one where we don't really we don't have much bragging rights. One eighty four. I I don't know what to say, man. I mean, other than the fact that Bo Nichols is amazing. Because my more didn't my more didn't look bad. He beat Dominic Abinator seven to three. He wrestles great. Tech fall Ricky Robertson beats the third ranked guy in the country seven to three, and then just gets. I mean, it was seven to five in the finals, but it wasn't close. It wasn't close. And you made a great point when we were sitting there watching the tournament, or maybe it was on the way home, that every time Bo Nickel has beaten Mymar, he's beaten him with different stuff. It's never oh, the same right. thing. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. never the same thing. And which it, it makes it very difficult to wrestle a guy like that. How do you that. scout a guy like that? The only two times that Mymar has beat Bo Nickel is when Mymar has hit big moves on him. Yeah, you know, Mymar's been able to beat Bo Nickel when he's been able to control the upper body position in the match, right? Or at least score off that. But how do you... That's Yeah, great point. How do you game plan for a guy that beats you differently every time? Every time. He's pinned him in a cradle. He's ridden him. He's taken him down with single legs. He outscrambles he's, him. He's outscrambles him. He's taken him down with big moves. He takes him down with high, crotch. high crotches. You know, he turns him on top. Turn, yeah, t- boom. Yeah, turns him on top. How do you game plan for a guy that's got something different for you every time? And who, for all intents and purposes... Every time we've watched him wrestle, but twice, just looks like he's better in every position. But I know Bo Nickel said that he was, but you know that match shows that he that he was. Mymar, he got Mymar so out of Mymar's game plan. Mymar did not look Miles. Mymar did not look like like look like himself in that finals match at all. He didn't get to his um, misdirections. He didn't get to his hand fighting ties. He looked like he was almost like a little lost. Just lost. He, that, he looked lost. Just lost. Yeah, and. It, I think we talked about this after the Penn State duel. You know, he just when a guy shuts, when a guy shuts your best stuff down, what do you do? Like, what what do you do? You're gonna get out of it mentally, all right. You're yep. gonna start doubting yourself. You're gonna start getting frustrated. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Bo Nickel is one of those guys that if you start getting frustrated, pick you apart. He's gonna put he's gonna pick you apart, or he's gonna put you on your back. He's gonna do both that. And and you know, you asked that question, a great question. What do you do when a guy takes you out of your game plan? The difference here is if Mymar takes Bo Nickel out of his game plan, Bo Nickel says, hey, I got a different one for you. I got a different game plan for you. Mymar says, oh. You know, now he got a takedown here. And Bo Nickel did, you know, he's got a nice pair of track shoes himself. Um, sure, sure, sure. But, 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 you know, I've been on the train all year. Mymar's going to beat him. Mymar's going to beat, beat, beat him. Hey, maybe he does. But, you know, I'm not picking it. I'm not picking it. I thought... This weight class was really fun to watch this weekend. Um, aside from Bo Nickel and Mymar, look, Dominic Abinader had a really nice tournament. Emory Parker, really I thought, did. had a really nice tournament until he met Taylor Vins in the, the Concy semis. This was a rematch, and I think in their first match, I'm pretty sure that Emory, Vins was winning. Yeah, Emory Parker had to come back yeah. with a— uh, Put he him went, on his back. Yeah, double upper bodies, took him down, and then put him on his back twice. Right, and this time, you know, Vince meets him in the Concy semis and, and beats Parker 9-4. to four. Vince is tough. He, he He's one of the toughest freshmen Ooh, out there. I like him. But Bo Nickel only beat 
Emory Parker 5-2 in the semis. I mean, it was a close match. Bo Nichols had more close matches this year than I think in any years past. You know, that's just based on a lot of the matches I've watched. Some of that can be attributed to the fact that people do scout Bo Nickel. And granted, he's got a lot of other ways to beat you, but he's just not quite scoring the bonus that we've seen in the past. But you make a great I think point. he scored a ton of bonus, actually, this season. He's the, the second most dominant wrestler in the country. I'm, I'm at against the toughest guys, right? Okay. He used to be a, yeah. He used to, you know, he used to be able to bonus the the Emmerich Parkers, or he used to be able sure. to he used to be able to bonus sure. the Nick Gravinas. Been a little closer this year with those matches, the Dom Abinators. Um, so that that's what I meant. Yeah, of course he's, he's going to get his bonus. But you you hit the nail on the head. I really like this Taylor Venn's character he's as a freshman. Top Ben. Yeah, I think Dom Abinators just got the senior, you know, big brother um, thing against him, which is why Dom's beating him every time they wrestled this year. But other than that, um, I could see Taylor Benz, you know, finishing. Top six, really good. I think he's got a great chance to get on the podium, especially because he's extremely good on top. He's Home got, run hitter on top. Yeah, he's got great wins this year. Um, One eighty four is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Dominic Abinader is a guy that I think could make some noise at the national tournament. I don't think he's going to beat a Mymar. I don't think he's going to beat Bo Nickel. Be an upset. Be a big. It, upset. it would be an upset, but I do think he's a guy that can place third, fourth. I think he can hang with the Rendas. I think he can hang with the Zavatskis. Preach. All those guys. Preach. Um, I think Preach, Preach, by the way, had, a, had a fantastic um, EIWA tournament. Um, yeah, I think Preach did beat him, yeah, actually. Preach beat, yeah, Preach beat him in close the duel. in the duel, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And Dominic Abner, here's a guy that was a Big Ten champ the year before he redshirted, has yet to make the podium. So, it'll be interesting to see what he puts together at the national tournament. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a strange suspicion that that's going to change. And uh, that St. Ed's streak of All-Americans is going to continue. I agree with you there. And by that, I mean, I mean, there's an Ohio boy. <laughs> um, 197. As oh, a Buckeye yeah. fan, yes. I'm feeling real good. Colin Moore, I think, is back in his saddle. I thought he looked pretty good this weekend for the most part. He rides saddle? I thought he rode bareback. You ride bareback. What? I don't know. I don't wrestle anymore. Oh, we're talking wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Some more was riding bareback this weekend. Shut up. He was. He... Anyway, he had a good tournament, Ben. I was actually going to make some points, but not about bareback. You're right. He had some... <laughs> All right, it's late, boys. He did have. He had a really good tournament. I think that a lot of it can. You, you, you know, you can argue. Oh, he only beat Beasley five to three, but you know, he wrestled that Schultz character from Nebraska, who he had a tough match with at the Cliff Keen. Dispenses him ten to four, beats a returning All American five to three, and then just puts it on Rashid. You know, he's one of the boys, and he's back in town. He looks real good, um, which gives me a lot of confidence going into the national tournament. Look, I think at this point in time, if we're talking seeds, Ben Darmstadt should get the one seed at 197. Agreed. Okay, he's 30, I think 30-1 and one on the season. He's got some good wins. He's beaten Rashid. He's beaten Willie Nicholas. Um, he just won beat the Mattias. Beat Mattias, I mean, a couple of times. His only loss was to Mattias. He avenged that. Where's Darmstadt from? Uh, Elyria. Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Okay, yeah. just checking. Them Ohio boys. Ohio boys. East 1990. Bone, bone, bone. We're going to Cleveland, baby. It's the thuggish, ruggish bone. bone. All right, people <laughs> love our singing. Um, but Colin Moore, I think he's going into the national tournament exactly the way he needs to be going, what we thought he would, wrestling well. I was a little concerned about the finals match against Rashid. Look, in all honesty, Rashid did not. About afterwards or before? Before okay, going gotcha. into the finals match, I was a little nervous. I, I I was curious to see how this would play gotcha, out. Gotcha, gotcha. 
But if we're being honest, Rashid didn't have his greatest tournament. Greatest tournaments. I, I think I don't know when. Maybe it was pressure. Maybe he was a little nervous. Maybe it's that first time wrestling at the big tournament. I believe at the Big Ten tournament, right? Oh yeah, yeah that's his first definitely. time. Um, you know, Rashid had a close match, eight to four, against uh, a a winless Indiana, you know, opponent in the first round. He almost got cra- he got cradled up. He almost got put to his back. He did. You're absolutely right. Eleven to eight over Chaconis from Northwestern in the quarters. He then puts it together against Brunner from Purdue in the semis, ten to two. So that had me a little nervous going in that finals match. But I thought Colin Moore wrestled an outstanding match. He was able to get to that patented carry of his multiple times, and she had nothing for it. Carried him twice. And you know what? I'm more excited about now. I'm really excited about the fact that he was able to get to his offense. Right? He got a double. He got a duck double too, and he finished it nice and slowly, like he didn't rush it. You know what? Do we get so mad about more? Rushing in his finishes and trying to do these trips from way outside. Not the tight little trip-drag double, but these trips from outside. Instead, he gets on that duck double, solidifies both legs, finishes it. But where I thought he looked really good was when Rashid was attacking with those ducks. Rashid was attacking with his shots. Colin Moore shut down everything Rashid had on his feet. Didn't even get to his leg. Not I mean, once. I mean, that, that, once. I think that's, that's just as important as the fact that Moore was – and Moore's gas tank looked good. We went neutral, yeah. didn't we? We definitely went neutral. Yeah. I, I, we went neutral. I think we had, we were in a position where we were afforded the option to go neutral. He was up by a couple points, yeah. I'm curious to see, I, I, as a wrestling fan, I, I really want to see how, what the outcome would be if Rashid is on top of Moore. I want to see how Moore handles, handles that. Well, remember we almost saw it. Remember Rashid almost took Moore down off of a, Moore's bad shot like in the first five seconds. Yes. They challenged it. I think it was a takedown. When I watched it last night, I thought it was too, but but you know, either way, hey, you know, you only you gotta you gotta deal with what the with what the refs gives you. Uh, you know, I think Rashid could probably put a ride on him. I'm not sure if Rashid ain't turning freaking 0 and 12 from Indiana if he's turning more. Now, granted, that's a, that's an anomaly match for Rashid. I'll give that his due that that was an anomaly match for Rashid. Uh, Rashid typically sticks that dude in the first period. Moore's bigger than Rashid. He's a nice size 97 pounder. I just don't know if Rashid can turn him. What are you thinking? You think he can? Rashid is, yes, Rashid's a small 197. I think if people are just looking at weigh-ins, at the weigh-in numbers, you would say, okay, this guy's walking around at 192. These guys are weighing in at 197, walking around at 210. But when you see Rashid up close, Rashid is tall and long. He's very tall and very long. I'm telling you right now, I don't think Darmstadt is a big 97-pounder. He's six foot He's four, skinny as a green bean, and <laughs> it seems to be working out quite well for him. He's going to so, choke you out. I don't, I'm not putting a lot of stock in this Rashida small thing. He's so long on top, which gives him affords him the ability to really run that cross-face that cross series that he's got. Okay, He's got great cradles, great rides from the cross-face. Um, I, I don't think size would be that to that much of it to his disadvantage on to top. be truthfully honest if he secures that cross face that arm yeah you know and on top of that he's got great near side cradles too you're right so I, I don't know I, I would just like to see it I think I, I think on top you might be right I think size did play an advantage on their feet I really do do you think Moore's the favorite to win the title <sighs> Darmstead looked pretty damn good didn't he but he was losing to that dude from Lehigh and was had, and had to come back and let's I mean let's face it he didn't the competition in the EIWA at 197 is not not that great. It's a tough question to ask me because I think that Moore is back. 
I think that he's wrestling better. I think he's wrestling the best he's wrestled all year. Not to say that that's even better than what he was wrestling last year. Um, yeah, I think he's probably the favorite. I think he's probably the favorite to win the title. But I don't think it's uh, you know, I think it's maybe like that means he's got thirty percent odds, thirty five percent odds. You know who had a bad tournament in my mind? I don't know. Cash Wilkie. Oh, okay. he did have a really bad tournament. Cash Wilkie went in as a three seed. I think he ended up placing, what was it, sixth maybe? He took, fifth? Uh, he, he took sixth. Did he take sixth? Brunner beat him, right? Brunner beat him twice. And, and to be honest with you, with the exception of Brandon Sorensen and Spencer Lee, I thought Iowa had didn't have that great of a tournament. Now, they qualified nine guys, okay? They ended up qualifying nine guys. Who didn't they qualify? Their uh, 33-pounder? Their 33-pounder. Yeah. But, you know, take a, take a guy like Joey Gunther, okay? Go, Joey Gunther won two matches, two or three matches, and I think he only had two takedowns in, in, in all those matches combined. Yeah. That's, that's not indicative of success. I, look, I, was, I think I was going to struggle a little bit. Sam Stoll got really beat up by Neville. We'll talk about that in here in a second. I, you know, you're right. I was, they're, not, they're, not going in, they're not going to the NCAA tournament the way you'd want a team to go into it. They finished fourth in the team race at Big Tens. And I think, that, what, is this the second year in a row that, is it, no, this is the second time in, what, three, four years where they didn't have a Big Ten champ? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. They didn't have any this year. They, they definitely did not have any this year. Last year they had Gilman. They had Gilman. Um, but I, and they had Sammy Brooks last year. Sammy Brooks beat Bo Nickel? Beat, beat, beat Mymar. Bo, Mymar oh, beat Mymar. Bo Nickel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. Off on a little tangent there. Like you said, it's late. Hey, that's okay, man. All right, let's let's get to the last weight class here. We're Captain America. I, I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing strategy and a gutsy performance by Kyle Snyder. Gutsy. And I'm not saying that because we're Buckeye fans. And I don't care what anybody says. He didn't do anything. He stalled. He didn't engage. Neither he, one of them he stalled. Off. Neither one of them stalled. Kyle Snyder went to that match uh, against a guy that he lost to previously, giving up 60 pounds. And had an amazing strategy that saw him, A, not let Kuhn get into those controlling ties, underhooks and overhooks. And B, you didn't see Kyle Snyder wasting energy on needless Bingo. shots. And when he did take a didn't shot and it was a there. bad shot, he got out right away. You hit it on the head, Brandon. You, you hit it absolutely on the head. He conserved energy in the smart way, and he didn't get trapped underneath I think he might have got trapped underneath three, four, five times the previous match. Remember when he was white knuckling? Yep. That leg? Not once. In fact, Kyle Snyder really picked his spots. And if you think that's stalling, then then you're holding Kyle Snyder to a higher level than you hold any other heavyweight. Because Kyle Snyder still takes more shots than any other heavyweight. So, you know, and, and Kuhn too. Kuhn, you know, Kuhn did a lot of uh, pushing, but he, he, he offered it some legs. Look, I, I'm not expecting Kuhn to freaking shoot a low single or shoot a sweep single. But he offered it some legs, you know. He offered it that upper body lock when Snyder tried to tried to bully him with pushing his head down. Oh, hey, Kyle, yeah. look, it, don't do that. Kyle, listen, man, I'm not your coach. Ben and I are nowhere near as good as your coaches. But when you're on top and you're going to go optional start, let's not run around front <laughs> and bully Coon and try to bully a guy that's 60 pounds heavier than Did you. Did you see him just pop straight up and underhooks? Yeah. And Snyder was like, Snyder was, oh shit, you know how tight that butthole got? And he was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, because he was like, I'm about to get tossed again. <laughs> but, you know, Kyle Snyder wrestled a really tactical uh, match. And, you know, it probably frustrated Kuhn a little bit. 
um, because Kuhn was like, why aren't you shooting on me? You know, why aren't, why, why aren't you getting stuck underneath me? I, I, you know, why, why can't I get my body locks? And, and that's what Snyder needs to do. And that just shows you that Snyder's not too proud. No, he's not. He's not too proud to say, look, I'm going to go wrestle that same style and prove that I can beat him wrestling my style. Snyder says, I'm going to do something different. Do you think a guy like Snyder, a competitor like Snyder, is going to shut it down and mope after losing to Adam Kuhn? No. He's going to be like, damn. I'm going to learn from this. Right. I'm going to game. This is exciting. This is exciting for me. I'm going to learn. I'm going to game plan. He's probably happy. It made it more exciting for him for the year. And I'm going to come out, and I'm going to get him next time. And you know what? He did. And his winning takedown was exactly what everybody was talking about he had to do. You got to get below the knee, finish yep. head inside, get that leg up. Yep. He split the middle on it, which split I was worried about, but he was able to do it. But he split the middle with one leg. It wasn't like he was double-legged. Double-draped. Yeah, yeah, you know, taint double. Got your head in his balls. <laughs> trying to cut, split the middle there. He had that that head inside single, low single. Splitted it. Came up. Got to his feet. And that finish, man. I Woo! think Kyle knew. was like, boy, you ain't getting out of bounds. I yeah. am going to die. Get over here. Get, get your ass back here. That, yeah. Um, and Kyle Snyder's got an immense amount of respect for Adam Kuhn. I can guarantee that. And Adam Kuhn's got an immense amount of respect for Absolutely. Kyle Snyder. And, um, you know, it was cool to see. Um, you know, it was cool to see our fearless leader come back and get that win. Respect Adam Kuhn a ton. Adam Kuhn had a great tournament. He beat the piss out of Sam Stoll, stuck him in like the I think the first or second period. Your first, first period. period, just freaking just bulldogged him with that over under. Adam Kuhn ain't no freaking slouch, boys. This is gonna be another battle. Oh, we're gonna see it again. Yeah, and it's gonna be a battle. So don't get it twisted. It ain't like we're sitting here, you know, saying Kuhn ain't got no shot because he definitely does. We already beat him once this year. Yeah. But you know what? Outside of Adam Kuhn and Kyle Snyder, a guy that's going into the national tournament looking a lot better than he was a month ago is Nevels from Penn State. He looks good. Nevels has found his offense on his feet, and he's looking really good on top. He looks really good on top, doesn't he, Brandon? He really does. I saw him do something that I don't see that much from heavyweights. He was riding Stoll. Stoll stood up. And Neville's kind of did that thing where he stuck his he kind of stuck a boot in and did a back trip with the boot in. Yep. You, know, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. And I was like, you don't see that from heavyweights that often. Neville's is a guy. Look, he's not going to beat Coon. He's not going to beat Snyder. But when it comes to the Jacob Caspers and the Tanner Halls and the and the Sam Stoles, Amir Desi, Amir Desi's, Nathan Butler's. I mean, he's right there with all of those guys. He can finish anywhere between third and eighth, okay? It's big, big team point implications huge, for that race. Huge, And he's a guy that Penn State needs to be firing on all cylinders. And you know what? I think he is right now. He's wrestling better than I've seen him all year. It'll be interesting to see how, how they seed heavyweight. Um, oh, God. Because you got guys like, you know, Stolen, Nevels, Tanner Hall. They've all got, you know, a handful of losses, okay? Four, five, six losses. Nevels actually had some, some head scratchers. You know, the Michael Boykins of the world. Um, he lost to another guy like that. Yeah, I don't think he had a good Southern scuffle. Especially yeah, that's right. He, he lost two in just scuffle. Yeah, you got a guy like Jacob Casper who's like 35-2 and two on the year, looking real good. Did lose to Nevels. Doesn't have a ton of what I would call, you know, the top ten wins just because he hasn't had a chance to wrestle them. Desi's only got two losses, but Desi got beat by Conan Jennings at Midlands. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how they see that weight class. It will be, man. But I tell you one thing, though. We're going to find out tomorrow. I'm pumped. Dude, I'm excited to I'm see I'm going to watch brackets. that bracket show. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited. Hey, you know, we, I'd be remiss if uh, if we didn't shout out one of our uh, hometown boys, Brent Moore. 
St. Paris Graham guy wrestles now for Virginia Tech. What a weekend for him. Uh, beats AC Headley in the uh, court, or the semifinals of the ACC tournament at 141. Avenges a loss where he was teched by Kevin Jack a couple weeks ago. Beats him, I think, 6-4 to four in sudden victory to yes. punch his ticket to the NCAA tournament. Great win. That's a great win. Brent Moore is another one of those guys that, man, that, like a lot of those Graham guys, they're just competitors, man. Absolute competitors. And I think Brent Moore went out there. He had an amazing tournament. Peaking at the right time. Peaking at the right time. Punched for his sure. ticket to the national tournament. He's going to be a tough out for anyone in that deep 141 pound weight class. I'm excited to see him wrestle. He comes from a great family. He's got a little brother, Mitch Moore, that's going to be at Virginia Tech next year. And then he's got another little brother, Nick Moore, who just took second in the district. The districts, yeah. You're in the Ohio. Freshman, man. It's a wrestling family. Um, you know, crazy, crazy weekend this weekend in the conference tournaments. There was a couple of things that surprised me. One of them was, how about Justin Oliver from Central Michigan taking fourth in the MAC, needing a wild card? Here's a guy that was ranked top four in the country. Needing a double wild card. What I mean by that is, well, they only, that, only, that might only qualified two. Got pinned by a guy that was two and nine. And then, on top of that, then goes and loses in the uh, match for third and fourth. Whew. Crazy. You got that. You got Evan Cheek sticking Brock Zackerel. Talk about throwing some wrenches in the 141-pound weight class seating. Um, I'm know. really bummed, Ben. Um you know, last year we had the fortune of watching a hometown kid, Nick Corba, wrestle at Nationals, uh, win a couple of matches even. For Cleveland State. For Cleveland State. Unfortunately, he didn't qualify this year. You know, I was, I really wanted to see him qualify, wrestle in his hometown. You know, yeah. wrestle, you know, in Cleveland, for Cleveland, Cleveland State. Right. Um, it's been cool getting to watch him wrestle the last four it, years. It's bummed. I, um, I emailed back and forth with Josh Moore a little bit the other day, actually. Um, because I emailed him just kind of, you know, getting his thoughts on it. And, you know, he was hoping. He said, look, you know, we got some wins last year. You know, we've got some nice wins this year. We're really just hoping that, you know, hoping he can get in. You know, we think he's got a decent shot of getting in. And turns out that – I shouldn't say turns out, but it looks like uh, um, just didn't quite happen. All right, look, man, we have ran real long tonight. We apologize. A lot to talk about and digest with this amazing tournament this weekend, the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. Um that's all we got for you today. Ben, you got anything else? We'll be back on Sunday giving you our... Do a little bracketology. Bracketology, little baby. bracketology. Hey, everybody, get to sleep. Make sure you leave your milk and cookies out because it's Christmas time for them wrestling fans. All right, folks, that's all we got for you. Thanks for listening. Apologize for the long podcast tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave us some feedback if you got any to give. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro.